does DoorDash reward top dashers with better deliveries? Will DoorDash give you better delivery offers because you have a high acceptance rate? That's what I wanted to find out. I'll tell you the story of what I did to see if things got better if I made Top Dasher. And uh, it involves accepting 200 straight deliveries in February and March of this year. And if you know me, that is a miserable thing to do. But we'll get into that in just a moment. First of all, I want to thank you for joining me on the Deliver on Your Business podcast. And if you have been listening before, you notice a couple of things. No music starting out. And if you notice me kind of stopping and starting, I'm also trying to do this non-scripted without a whole bunch of retakes or anything like that, which is something very new for me. But I wanted to kind of make it more of a, I guess, of a conversation or something. If you're not previous listener, you may be new to the Deliver on Your Business podcast. And let me just tell you real quick what I'm all about here. The thing is, this podcast is intended for independent contractors in the on-demand delivery space in the gig economy. And, and we're talking especially for platforms like DoorDash, Instacart, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Shipt, Curry, Rody, just any of these places where you do deliveries as an independent contractor. And, and the thing about it is, and, and the, the thing that I think I try and do a little bit differently is, it all comes down to what you agree to by calling yourself an independent contractor or agreeing to the terms of service that says, I agree that I'm an independent contractor. What you're doing is you're saying, I agree that I am providing these services as a business and not as an employee. And that's what Deliver on Your Business is all about. That's what EntreeCourier.com is all about, is it is all about the business side of being an independent contractor. Because here's the thing, I think that we can do our best when we actually embrace that role and we claim those rights. You know what? We take them at their word and we got to hold them to their word when they're going to say that we're running as a business. And so that's what this is all about, trying to do that. And this is one of the reasons that doing 200 straight deliveries for me was just pure torture because I've never done anything like that. I have never been the type to just take everything that they give. And it all has to do with this whole idea of being, you know, running a business. The thing is, is like if you run a store, somebody can't just walk in. They could, but you'd never stay in business if somebody just walks in and says, here, I'll give you a nickel for this widget that you're selling for $10, right? You know, I can't, I can't walk into a restaurant and say, Hey, I'll give you two bucks for this prime rib. You know, um, most of them are not probably all of them are not going to do that. And a lot of them are probably going to throw me out of my ear. You know, the idea being that if you're running a business, you have a right to make your decisions. And, and in fact, these companies actually explicitly say you've got the right to do this. Let me read this from uh, the DoorDash independent contractor agreement. Contractor understands that they are free to select the times they wish to be available on the platform to receive delivery opportunities. But here's the important part here. They are free to negotiate their compensation by, among other things, accepting or rejecting the opportunities transmitted through the DoorDash platform by consumers and can make such decisions to maximize their opportunity to profit. So DoorDash even says, I mean, they say it themselves, you know, and, and here's, this is, this is the philosophy that I take as, as a business owner, thus being an independent contractor is that I set my price by accepting and rejecting delivery offers. And if a delivery offer doesn't meet my price, I say no, and that's all there is to it. And so I have a very low acceptance rate most of the time, 
But, you know, here's, here's where we get to the story, because I decided I wanted to do this experiment. I've thought of doing this before, but honestly, I felt like I couldn't afford to in the past. You know, I'm, I'm out here to make a living. And I've been doing delivery for, you know, four years. And most of that has been full time. And, you know, the thing is, is there's a certain amount of money that I need to make. And I want to make it within a certain amount of time. You know, I don't want to be that guy that is working 80 hours a week. I've got a family. I've got other things that are very important to me. And so I'm not going to knock myself out to deliver food just to bring in enough money. So I've got to run my business in a way that is profitable. And so I use what I call a 50 cent rule that I've got to believe that a delivery is going to pay 50 cents a minute or better if I'm going to take that offer. And, and that's basically a $30 an hour rate. And it's like, if you're taking, if, if the deliveries I'm on are running at a $30 an hour run rate, then, you know, there's, there's going to be some downtime. There's going to be a little bit of time between the offers or something, but in the end, I'm going to be making as much as I feel like I need to make for the amount of time that I'm going to put into it. And some people will say, Oh, $30 an hour. That's way too high to expect. You know what you can claim, you can ask for whatever you want. But the thing is, is if you're going to make me a business owner, you gave me the right to set my price, you know? So taking every delivery just goes against every fiber of my being. And it was not easy, but here's the reason I decided to try this. I kept hearing everybody saying, oh, I get so much better deliveries because I'm a top dasher. You know, if you go into the Facebook groups, if you go onto Reddit and you've got all these people kind of bragging that, oh, I never get those low, low pay delivery offers. I get a lot better offers when I'm top dasher than if I'm not, which most of them are lying because they've never been non-top dasher. You know, they've always been that employee wannabe. And, and I'm not saying every top dasher is that, but I've, I've had, you know, I've heard, I've had discussions with some where they say, well, I cherry pick all through the month. And then the last three days, I just buckle down and accept everything for about three days or something so that I can get my acceptance rate up to 70% and make that top dasher so that I can get the better offers. And I'm, you know, that always baffled me because DoorDash never promised that you get better deliveries. They did not promise that. We'll get into that. They said some things that make it sound like it, but they never promised that they're going to give you better deliveries. And so it's like, why do people believe that? And I'll tell you the truth. I've had a couple of times that I have made Top Dasher in the past. And usually those are times where I'm doing, you know, very high concentration of bike deliveries. And in the right areas of town, DoorDash is fantastic with the way that they dispatch the delivery offers to me because they're always sending just very short, very quick deliveries that I can do on a bike. And so my acceptance rate tends to go a lot higher then. But the thing is, is when I've made Top Dasher, I've always believed that the offers actually got worse and not better. But there's an important word in what I just said there. I said, I've always believed. And, and the thing is, is all those Top Dashers that tell you that they get better offers, they believe it. And there's a word here, it's called confirmation or a term called confirmation bias. You're going to notice the things that you want to notice. And uh, if you want to be top dasher or, or whatever, you're going to believe that you're getting better offers. And if you don't believe that top dasher is any better then you're going to believe that the offers are actually worse. And so I, you know, I just, I keep hearing that, but it's like, nobody has the data, you know, nobody has that actual information. 
everybody that I've ever heard say it one way or the other, nobody has ever been able to say, and this is how I can tell that it was better. It's just, it's just a feeling. And I'm sorry, but feelings don't help a whole lot. They don't really answer that question. And so that's why I decided, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to get top dasher. And the only way that I could really think of to really compare all of the delivery offers is to actually accept the delivery and complete the deliveries. And, you know, I think I said this already, but in the past, I don't think I could have afforded to do this because the pay is an awful lot less when you do it that way. I can tell you, and even I can especially tell you that now that I've done this. And, you know, the problem is that it was like, I didn't want to spend so many hours doing out there and not bring home as much as I should make. And, you know, fortunately, now that the website has grown at entrecourier.com and I get some revenue from advertising and, and things like that. And so it kind of took some of the pressure off and it allowed me to say, okay, you know what? I can afford to have a couple of crappy months on delivery, you know? And so I can go out there and not worry about what I'm making and maybe have a little more of an objective view of what is it like? So I did in, I started in February and I started when my acceptance rate was like at 28%. And I took a hundred straight delivery offers in February. And that of course would get me up to where then beginning of March, I'd be top dasher. And then in March, I took a hundred deliveries and that way I could compare the numbers and I tracked everything. I tracked how much time every single delivery took. I tracked how far I was going. I kept a record of all of the different things that uh, DoorDash, you know, said that it was going to be, that it's going to be 3.1 miles. It's going to pay $2.25 or, you know, whatever it is, all of that I've got down on spreadsheets. I, I went so far as to even do screen recordings on my phone to record the progress on all of that. And I don't know that I'll ever do anything with most of those, but you know, I'll tell you, to be honest, part of the reason that I did that was that, um, I think it was paranoia on my part that I was worried that if I'm taking every offer and I'm taking all these deliveries now where somebody doesn't tip that those are the people that are more likely to say, you know, you know, claim you didn't do the delivery or anything like that. So I, I ran a screen recorder the whole time because if somebody did make a claim, then I wanted to be able to sit back it up and say, yes, I actually did. You know, and it shows where I'm at on the GPS and it, it actually records the interactions, all that stuff. So it was like one more way of proving that, yes, I did complete that delivery in case anybody accuses me. And I had one person that I thought they were going to. I'll tell you about that in a little bit, but it, you know, it was just a, it was an interesting thing. So anyway, I wanted to kind of share just some of my thoughts and some of my experiences and tell you a little bit about what it was like, you know, and the first thing to talk about is just some of the challenges of doing this, especially as somebody who is used to rejecting the crap, you know, that, that, that I'm not going to take this delivery. And I'll tell you something, four years of doing delivery and I've never felt burnt out on delivery, but I came real close to feeling that way with this. And the reason that I never felt that way before was, I think a lot of it was because, you know, one, I'm, I'm in control. And two, it's like, if a delivery goes bad, it's my fault, you know? And 
that that's the attitude that I've taken, that if something doesn't go right, if it doesn't pay well enough, it's my fault. And, and when I take that attitude, one, I'm not feeling bitter all the time. You know, I go onto Facebook and into Reddit, and I just see this toxic bitterness all over the place that, that people just, you know, despise all of these companies. Now, there's a lot of stuff that DoorDash and Uber Eats and, and Grubhub and all these companies do that are worthy of being despised. But, you know, just like this total bitterness, and it's like everything that goes wrong with their day is DoorDash's fault or Instacart's fault or whoever. And it is hard to spend much time in there. Just, just that total bitterness, because I don't understand it. Honestly, I kind of got a little better feeling of how people feel after doing all this. Cause here's the thing. If a delivery doesn't pay well enough, that's my fault for making the wrong decision, you know, for, for not thinking about this or not thinking about that. But, you know, I made the decision when somebody throws a, when, when DoorDash throws a, you know, a $10 offer at me and I say, yes, I have already decided that whatever I'm making on that delivery is good enough that I am satisfied with what I'm going to get. And honestly, I don't care whether or not I got a tip, you know, I don't care whether the customer didn't tip. I don't care whether it was $10. It was all from DoorDash and, or I don't care if it was just $2 from DoorDash and the customer tipped $8. Honestly, I already made that decision that this is good enough for me. And, and I stick with that. And so I didn't feel like all that stress or all of that anger over the way that customers were tipping. Cause it was just essentially if DoorDash isn't paying well enough and the customer's not paying well enough, then I'm not going to take that delivery. But if I accept that delivery and it was a crappy offer, that's my fault. That's not their fault. I'm the one that was stupid enough to take the offer, you know? And so I've been able to kind of go through all these years of doing delivery without really feeling too stressed out or bummed out by, you know, circumstances of the day. And then I go and I do all this where I'm accepting every offer. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, 14.9 miles. Are you kidding me? You know, and, and it's like, or, you know, that the very last delivery I got, it was just like DoorDash was trying to challenge me. I don't know if they knew where I was at and I was on, you know, number 100. I, I don't think I matter at all to them at all. So honestly, I don't know that it, it was like that, but it sure felt kind of weird because it was like this offer comes up to pick up uh, from a donut place, 11.4 miles for a $4 delivery. And you knew at that distance for $4, that was an awful low amount for DoorDash to pay for that distance. I thought supposedly they were paying more for longer distance deliveries, right? And DoorDash lies about a lot of stuff. But, you know, you knew that the customer wasn't tipping anything. And, and it was just like, you got to be kidding me. And I don't know. I, it, it's, it's a lot easier when all of a sudden you just kind of put yourself in that position where you got to take everything. It's a lot easier to start to get bitter about what the customer does or, or to get bitter about the orders themselves. And, and it was like, because I was now all of a sudden giving DoorDash control, it really affected my mood. And, you know, so I did that first month and actually it was like in a couple of weeks that I did the first hundred deliveries in February, got that knocked out. And then in March, I couldn't keep going at that same pace. It took me the whole month to get that hundred deliveries in. I just, 
you know, I took, I took some time off with my wife. We went out of town for a week and there were several days where it was just like, no, I'm not going out there. It really changed my whole perception of what delivery was like. And I think that was the biggest challenge, you know, and honestly, here was the other thing I think that I thought that, you know, maybe the, the three and $4 deliveries didn't bother me as much as the extra long distances. I was driving all over the Denver Metro area. I mean, everywhere. And it was just like DoorDash was like, Hey, we're going to stick you way out in Aurora, which nothing against Aurora, but it's just so far away from where I'm at. And it, it was just, I, I, I was not prepared for how much extra driving I would do. Now, normally I deliver, it's about three tenths to four tenths of a mile per dollar that I earn is about what I average. And all of a sudden it's more than a mile for every dollar that I've earned. And, and, and especially when gas prices are all of a sudden shooting up and I'm like, I'm an idiot for doing this right now. Maybe I should stop, but I said, okay, I'm just going to keep going. And so it was, it was, it was different. It was, yeah, I, I will never do that again. I don't think, you know, and here's the thing. And, and this is why I wonder if I was just kind of a fool to do this one because gas prices going up, but two, because I know that 200 deliveries isn't enough to get any kind of definitive information. You know, for one thing, it's 200 deliveries here in Denver. And there's always different things that can kind of enter into whatever happens and stuff like that. So, so it's like, you know, am I really going to find out very much? But I decided I'm going to learn more than if I didn't do anything at all. I had, I think, three deliveries that really come to mind. The first delivery was, actually, there were four things that came to mind that just really kind of stood out. The first one was, I didn't make 100%. And I was shot down on that almost right away. It was just like uh, three or four deliveries in. And all of a sudden, you know, my, my text goes off, hey, go pick up here. But it never popped up on the app. And it's like, oh, crap. You know what it's like there with DoorDash. If you deliver DoorDash at much at all, you've had this happen. I'm almost sure that you have where all of a sudden you get paused for not responding to a delivery offer, even though the offer never popped up on your phone, you know, and I, I saw that text pop up and I'm like, oh no, you know, and I actually forced stopped the app and then started it back up to see if I could catch it before, you know, that it would pop up maybe. And it just, nothing happened. So, so I ended up missing delivery. Yeah. But the funny thing is sometimes that seems to work against your acceptance rate. And sometimes it doesn't. Cause I had a few times that that happened. I did have a couple of times that it was like, cause I'm doing all this stuff to record everything. You know, I take a screenshot as soon as the offer pops up and then I mark, you know, what my, you know, what time it is, all that stuff on a little spreadsheet. And, and I had a couple of times where I actually forgot to accept. So I ended up with a 97% acceptance rate, but every time that I actually had it pop up on my screen and everything like that, I did accept. And so, and I completed all of those except for this one delivery. And I don't know, you know what, maybe I over respond. I got this double order. It was a double stack, you know, two different orders. There were actually two different restaurants. I stopped pick up from the first restaurant and then go to the second one. And that second one, I knew I could see that it was a, it was a $3 delivery. And so then I walk in and, and right as I walk in, I get this text here and let me find that here. I want to read this. 
and she texts, hello, please text me when you arrive. You will have to call the concierge to let you up to the ninth floor, and then they will key you up to the 42nd floor, and please ask the restaurant for cups and napkins and eating utensils. Thank you. I was like, I want you to jump through all these hoops, and oh, by the way, I didn't leave you a tip. And I'm already kind of like, oh, I'm so close. And then I, you know, I get to the restaurant and I walk in there and, oh, this is going to take another 10 minutes. And so kind of between the nonsense with this one right here and the fact that I've got the food in my hand from the first restaurant and it's going to run late. And, and in fact, DoorDash is not real good at updating the deliver by times. I, I tracked even that stuff and they're really bad at that and i'm like i'm not risking a contract violation over this it's just all this stuff that is just part of the nonsense that is doordash you know so finally i just you know what i can't do this <laughs> i i unassigned myself from that delivery so that was one i didn't complete but i didn't at least i didn't include that delivery into the stats but it was just you know kind of one of those things i and, and much as i tried i couldn't get the perfect delivery numbers all the way across the board. And, you know, I even tracked whether or not I was on time or not. And I will tell you that my on time percentage that is on my app is way off and it never changes. I mean, it, it was like I it did bump up for some reason, you know, it had been sitting at 70% and it bumped up to 72 over 200 deliveries where I had better than a 90% on time. And some of the stuff that DoorDash does with the timer, I had one time that I got the order and, and, I, and I've got it all recorded because of the screen recorder and the screenshots and the deliver by time was something like, you know, 10, 20. And I get to the restaurant, pick up the food. And as I go to the store or as I head out to the customer, all of a sudden now the deliver by time is 10, 12. They backed it up by eight minutes and the customer was five minutes away. So I was late on that delivery, even though I got done earlier than they said on that. So DoorDash just does a lot of weird things. And I think that was maybe one of the fun things about doing this thing was you could actually see, especially when I'm tracking every little thing, you could actually see some of the weird stuff they do. And so, and I think I already mentioned like that last trip, the 11.4 mile one that, uh, you know, 11.4 miles for $4. It took like 45 minutes. I track a stat that I call profit per hour. And what I've done is I figured out that my car actually costs about 35 cents a mile to operate. And it, it, it had been running about 30. And then with the gas increase and everything, it's up to about 35. And I mean, I've gone through and I've kind of figured out all the maintenance costs, you know, how much does it cost to replace the tires? And how often do I have to do that? And all of the other maintenance that you've got to do, and all the, you know, all the different costs and how much value is my car losing when I drive? And oh, by the way, oil changes and gas and everything like that. And it adds up now to 35 cents a mile. I've kind of been very in depth looking into that. And so, you know, the thing is, if you've heard me before, I call that a credit card on wheels. You know, there's a lot of costs beyond just the gas. That's why I haven't gotten crazy about the gas prices because yeah, gas is up a lot and it sucks, but it's still a small part of what it costs to run your car. And most people don't think about that stuff. You know, you'll have to replace the tires sooner because of all the driving. You're going to have to replace the timing belt sooner because of all the driving. Every mile you drive gets you closer to all of those things. And every mile you drive 
drops a little bit of value off of your car. If you've got a if you got a, a brand new car, that mile is actually costing you more than what gas costs you. It's seriously, you go and run a Kelly Blue Book and on, on your car and and then run it again, but add 20,000 miles to it and see the difference in what the value of your car is. That the only thing that is different is the miles and how big of a difference it makes. And, and on a lot of newer cars, you're looking at 15 or 20 cents a mile that it costs you just in lost value on your car. And so, you know, all that stuff, I mean, I add all that up. So 35 cents a mile, I subtract that from whatever I drove and, or from whatever I was paid and then divide that by the amount of time that it took. Well, on that last delivery, 11.4 miles at 35 cents, I, I think I figured it out and you do the math on this. I might be wrong here, but I think it was like three and a half cents that I made on that delivery for 45 minutes, three and a half cents. <laughs> it's just insane. I had one delivery that I honestly expected there was going to be a contract violation. I, I honestly expected this. The lady gave me the, you know, the address was there and all that stuff. And I took it and I took it to that. And then after I dropped it off and I was on my way to, I, I was already on another delivery. In fact, I was at the restaurant when all of a sudden I'm, she's texting me left and right, like a mad woman. And, and it's like, where'd you, where'd you leave it off? Where'd you leave it off? And I told her exactly where it was. I said, this is where, you know, this is where it was. No, 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 no. You went to the wrong building. You went to the wrong building. You got to come back and you took it to the wrong place. And I had the screenshots and I had all this stuff. And I said, here's what it says. I said, you need to be checking in with DoorDash on this. You know, if, if, if they've got the wrong information, you need to get them to change that. And, um, and right after that, I'll, I think that's when kind of that connection ended because I was going to call her and say, I can come back and pick it up because the next delivery was going to go that way and the call wouldn't go through or anything like that. But I was absolutely expecting that I was contract violation for that or, you know, claiming she didn't get her food or anything like that. Nothing popped up. So I don't know if that was one that DoorDash just monitored the messaging that went on there or, or exactly what happened because she sent it by text and not through the in-app messaging. And, you know, but, you know, that was one, that was one of the reasons I do a screen recording because everything that happens then shows up on the phone and I've got a record of it. And like I said, I was paranoid of that kind of thing happening. And I was, to be fair, probably a little surprised that it only happened or possibly could have happened one time. So, you know, I, probably maybe some of my conceptions have been changed about what happens when you do that. So the question did DoorDash give better orders? Folks, I see absolutely no evidence whatsoever that the quality of delivery offers was better in any way, shape, or form. There might have been one small advantage, but, you know, here, I'll talk about what happened with that. So, like I said, I tracked every delivery. I figured out the averages. I figured out all the stuff. I, I've got counts of how many no-tip orders and how many higher-tip orders and just all sorts of different statistics. And I'm still kind of geeking out on all the numbers and everything. But here's, here's what it came down to. And this is just the delivery time. 
This was just the delivery time when I was on the delivery. So this is just tracking the delivery itself and wasn't taking into account like all the deadheading back and all the lost time that comes from some of those long distance deliveries that drop you off far away from being able to get any deliveries anywhere. You know, if you add those in, it gets a lot worse. But in the first hundred deliveries, when I was not a top dasher, my hourly rate was $19 and 21 cents. After I made top dasher, it was $18 and 76 cents. My profit per hour, the first hundred deliveries was $14 and 49 cents. Minimum wage here in Denver is over $15, by the way. So I was actually making less than that. As a top dasher, my profit per hour was $13.63. The average amount of time for a delivery was 20.1 minutes as a non-top dasher in February. As a top dasher, the average was 22 minutes. So it took a little bit longer. The average distance of the delivery was 4.5 miles per delivery. And the average distance as a top dasher per, per delivery was five miles. And the base pay was $3.03 compared to, this is one where the base pay was a little bit higher, but I think that had more to do with the longer distances. And it also had to do, I think, a little bit with there weren't as many peak pay things. I could go down a rabbit hole about that peak pay. But the bottom line is when DoorDash gives you peak pay, they don't give you as much base pay. I think I think even in these 200 deliveries, I've got enough evidence to be able to prove that. But anyway, $3.34 was the base pay. The average tip before I became Top Dasher, that first 100 deliveries was $3.41. The average tip as a top dasher, $3.41. There were 12 deliveries that had no tip at all as a top dasher and as a non-top dasher. So that was about even. The total number of deliveries where the tip was less than $3, there were 38 in the first 100 deliveries. There were 40 as a top dasher. The number of tips, trips where there was more than a $5 tip, there were 15 as a non-top dasher and 18 as a top dasher. So three more deliveries as a top dasher paid more than $5 in tips. And so here's the thing, you know, and one thing I should tell you, I, I mentioned peak pay because in February, there were a lot more time, you know, there, there were $61 in peak pay in February compared to $11 in peak pay in March. And if I were to include the peak pay into these numbers, it would actually be profit per hour $16.47 as a non-top dasher compared to $13.96 as a top dasher. So it actually kind of skews the numbers even more towards being able to conclude that the deliveries were worse. And But it really wasn't a fair comparison because of the way peak pay works, you know, that it's like, you know, if you didn't get it as much, you shouldn't be able to come. So I, I calculated all of these things based on, based on, you know, I didn't add the peak pay into those deliveries. So that's, that's kind of what it came down to. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I think it's like the deliveries were not better. You know, there, there are a couple of those, you know, $5 or more tips were some extra long distance. I mean, like, you know, closer to 15 miles. 
you know, so it's like, yeah, maybe they paid a little bit more on that delivery, but I was a long drive to do that. So it, you kind of lost that advantage of that extra pay. And the bottom line is, I don't think that the deliveries were any better as a top dasher and they weren't any worse really as a top dasher. If they were anything like that, it might've been a little bit worse. I think there's a reason to think that they might, you know, pay less actually. But you know, the thing is, is it's like, and the amazing thing is, is I broke it up into quarters. You know, I broke it up at one point into like, you know, blocks of 50 deliveries and the numbers were all so similar to each other that it was kind of fascinating how close they were to each other. And I expected a lot more variety. You know, it's a small sample size. And, you know, here's, here's, I guess, kind of my takeaways, my thoughts after doing this, you know, first of all, this is not scientific by any means. You know, this is not a scientific there. There's, there were not very there. There's nothing really in the way of controls. There's no way to really weed out the variations and things can vary a lot, but it was again, amazing. I think kind of how much everything always kind of gravitated back to the same type of numbers, you know, no matter how you broke it up. But, you know, the thing is, is, and, and because these numbers happen to me, I can't make the conclusion that that's the way it is going to be for you. You know, I just can't, it's, um, it's, it's too small of a sample size for one thing, 200 deliveries just isn't enough to draw a conclusion that says that, Hey, yeah, you really do get paid less as top dasher, or you, you get worse deliveries as top dasher than you do as the other. Honestly, I think when it's all said and done, it just, it doesn't seem like there is a difference one way or the other. And so, you know, that was my first thought with that. You could almost make the case that they were worse. And you wonder why, why would top dashers have worse deliveries? And, <clears throat> And I think it all kind of comes down to this premise that it's like, if DoorDash is going to manipulate the deliveries that you got based on your acceptance rate, what makes you think they're not going to think of it this way? Here's the deal, you know, that $4 11 mile delivery that I got, right? You know, DoorDash sent that out to somebody, I'm sure at one point for probably $3 and it got rejected and it probably got kicked around by a couple of dashers. And and at some point, DoorDash has got to say, well, crap, what are we going to do here? We can, we can maybe add some money to it. We could make that a $7 delivery so that it gets, we've got to do something so that this order gets completed, right? And, and especially by that time, I'm sure, you know, the restaurants already made the food. If they cancel too many offers, the restaurant gets pissed and, and all that stuff. And you know what? The customer gets pissed and I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm not too worried about them if they're not, if they're not going to tip, but here's the deal. Somehow they've got to get that delivery fulfilled, right? Well, hell, here comes Ron. He's been accepting every single delivery. We're just going to send it to him right away because we know it's going to get accepted. I mean, if you believe that DoorDash actually gives you better deliveries because you're top dasher, what about the way that DoorDash operates makes you think that they also don't feel like they can feed you crap more often because they know you're going to take it. And honestly, I think that's a lot more likely to happen than, you know, than, than the idea of them giving you better deliveries. But anyway, all of that to say is honestly, I don't think that there was a difference one way or the other. You know, the profit per hour was a fair bit lower 
as a top dasher, but it's a small enough range of numbers that I think that that could, you know, just be explained that I think DoorDash just continues to send everything to you the way, you know, whatever way it does it. Like you said, it's not scientific. I, I wrote down a few conclusions. I wanted to make sure I covered all of these, but you know, I think, and here was the thing, and I said this earlier though, and I've gotten into a few discussions with people about this. You know, I, I just, I keep, you know, keep hearing people say, oh, I'm going to get better deliveries. And DoorDash has never promised that you're going to get better deliveries. They haven't. They've, they've never promised that Top Dasher gets better deliveries. Here's what they promised. And I'm going to read this right from their site here. Give me a second while I pull that up. And I, I wrote an article about this as well, but here we go. Top Dashers will now get priority access to high value orders, those that are $30 or more in total cart value on top of being able to dash anytime without having to schedule. And basically what that means, you know, so you got, you got priority, you get priority on top or high value dollars. And what that means is that I, I was looking for the exact wording where they said it this way, but I know they, they explained it this way. At, and, and it was, it is basically that it's like, if you and another dasher are kind of equally situated that, you know, all things are equal and your top dasher and the other person is not, they break the tie in your favor on a high value, not a high tip, not a high pay, a high value. In other words, if the customer has paid $30 or more, then you will win the tie over a non-top dasher. Guess what? If that tie is with another top dasher, you don't get any priority there. And how often do you get a tie? You know, honestly, how often do you get a tie? And, and so it's just all of these things like that. It, but they word it in such a way that in, in the dasher's mind, it sounds like I'm going to get better orders. No, no, they never said that. They've never said that. All they said is if there's a tie, but here's the thing. They've already promised you that. When they first introduced Top Dasher, they said you just win the tie over a non-Top Dasher on any delivery. So even on crappy deliveries, you win the tie. So it, it's like, it's just, but this is the evil genius that is DoorDash, you know? This is the evil genius of DoorDash in that they know how to say something in just such a way that they really don't offer you anything. They really don't promise you anything, but they've got dashers all over the place believing that they're getting something special that they're not getting. I can't prove that some, nobody else is getting it because the numbers that I got were only the numbers on my deliveries. So I can't say for sure that, you know, Top Dasher A over in, you know, Eau Claire, Eau Claire, is it Eau Claire, Wisconsin? I don't even know if there's DoorDash and I'm sure there is. It's probably a big enough. Um, I don't even know how I came up with that town, but, you know, or, or Lincoln, Nebraska or something like that, you know, that they don't get better offers. All I can do is I say, I ran the numbers on what I did and I definitely didn't get better offers. And so, you know, but that's just it. it and it, but 
again, it goes back to that confirmation bias. Why do dashers want to believe so badly that they are getting better deliveries? And I think it's a couple of things. There is something inside of most of us, all of us, where we want to believe that we're doing it just a little bit better than everybody else, you know? And, and I do that with my 50 cent rule, $30 an hour, 50 cents a minute rule in that, you know what? I mean, it, it's something that I feel like I do something that I don't know very many people that are doing, you know, that I look at the time and how much I'm going to make for that time rather than, you know, some very simplistic ideas that some people have out there. And I probably have a little bit of a sense of superiority over that because I feel like I'm doing it better. Right. And I feel good about the fact that I do really well when I'm doing deliveries, when I'm making decisions myself and, and we all want to feel that. And what this belief that top dasher getting better orders is, is it plays into that, that wanting to feel like you found a hack wanting to feel like you found a way to beat the system. And so, and, and it's an easy way. All you got to do is just accept a lot more orders. You know, you don't have to really do anything special. You don't really have to think that hard. All you got to do is just take the offers that they give you and, oh yeah, well, DoorDash is going to reward me. You know, we want that pat on the back. We want to think that they're going to do that. And and I think DoorDash knows exactly what's happening here. And they know that as soon as that's, that's why they worded this perk the way they did was because they want people to believe that they're getting something and DoorDash doesn't have to really give anything for it. And it's sad, I think, to a certain extent. And, you know, here's, I guess, kind of my final thoughts in doing all this. Now, the purpose for doing this for me was not to try and say whether or not Top Dasher itself is worth it. For me, there's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nothing that Top Dasher has to offer that I need that will make my business work better. Sorry, I was trying to find some numbers here. You know, there's, there's absolutely nothing about Top Dasher that makes me want to be a Top Dasher with that. You know, I think, I think it was very clear to me that no, the orders are not better. It didn't surprise me at all, but yeah, it's just, it, it was very clear that no, my deliveries were not any better because of being top dasher and none of the other perks really make a difference to me. And, and, and the problem is, is that when my profit per hour is down in the thirteens because of taking everything now to be fair, if I had taken 70%, I even, you know, weeded out the worst 30% of deliveries. And at that point, I think it would have brought me to about $18 an hour as profit per hour, which is okay. It's not nearly enough in, in my mind. It certainly doesn't meet my price. And so I'm not, you know, it, it doesn't pay enough for the benefits or the benefits aren't really worth the drop in pay that happens when I accept a high percentage of deliveries, whether it's 13 and a half dollars an hour as, you know, accepting everything or whether it's maybe around closer to $18 if I just take, you know, 70% or whatever it would be. 
it just isn't worth it to me. But I also know that there are places where it's almost impossible to get on the schedule. It's almost impossible to grab a block or to, to dash now because there are so many dashers on there. And so there's one perk there that being able to dash at any time, anywhere, no matter what the status is that if it means being able to go out and deliver, I could see it being worthwhile. But I also have to say that if I look at it that way, if there are other alternatives out there, that cost of that high percentage of acceptance is so high that at that point, Grubhub or Uber Eats would just make that much more sense that much more often than it would, you know, DoorDash. I would just be less likely to do DoorDash more than anything else. That's kind of where I look at it. And, uh, you know, honestly, if you feel more comfortable taking a high percentage, that's your call. You know, that is absolutely, totally up to you. But I think there's a real good possibility that you're honestly not getting better deliveries just based on what my experience has been. I can't say that for sure because I don't have your numbers. You know, I would need to find some way to get a huge amount of data from dashers all over the country. And maybe I could, if I tried to, bug it. But then, you know, you got to find out whether or not that collection method was reliable, all that stuff. I don't want to do a scientific study. <coughs> and honestly, this thing was taxing enough the way it was. Is Top Dasher worth it? That's only a question that you can answer. Did I get better orders because I was Top Dasher? I did not. And I, I didn't get better orders as a Top Dasher. I still can't say how DoorDash ran their algorithm. I have no idea whether or not it would have been even worse if I were not Top Dasher. I have no idea whether or not it would have actually been better if not for being Top Dasher. I just, because I don't have that algorithm, I don't have the details about how DoorDash does things. All I can tell you is the numbers tell me it was not any better. And, and in the end, it just brings us all back to this whole thing. You got to be your own boss. And, and that's why I, I say, you know what? Top Dasher might be a good business decision for you. You're running your own business. You've got to make that decision yourself. But you got to be able to say, I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to set my own prices and I'm going to run things the way that makes sense to me. And so I hope that maybe my experience helped you understand that maybe some of what it sounds like they're promising isn't really one, they weren't really promising it, but two, it, it definitely wasn't happening, at least for me. And, and instead just make your own decisions about when and where, and, and ultimately that's where you're responsible. And, and in the end, you can't rely on DoorDash Maybe that's the biggest takeaway. You can't rely on DoorDash to give you something. You're running a business. It's not up to your customer. It's not up to DoorDash to make you successful. It is up to you to be successful. That's all I got today. Uh, folks, I want to thank you, you know, for coming back. And hopefully here, season three, we will get a little bit more going on here than, than we did in season two. I've got a couple of interviews coming up that I'm really looking forward to. And, and folks, for right now, just go out there and take control 
and be the boss.